wants to continue um, with the Anapanasati. Breathing in long understands breathing in long, breathing out long understands breathing out long, breathing in short understands breathing in short, breathing out short understands breathing out short. Trains, I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body, trains I shall breathe out experiencing the whole body. Trains, I shall breathe in tranquilizing the bodily formation, trains I shall breathe out tranquilizing the bodily formation. Trains, I shall breathe in experiencing rapture, Trains, I shall breathe out experiencing rapture. Trains, I shall breathe in experiencing pleasure. Trains, I shall breathe out experiencing pleasure. Trains, I shall breathe in experiencing the mental formation. Trains, I shall breathe out experiencing the mental formation. In particular, um, pattern of words. <coughs> we have commented before the difference between um, understanding and training and um, experiencing the significance of these really um, p- highlighting the kind of change that the mind goes through and it's important to to um, be open to that one doesn't have to you know change but be open and allow change to occur it's a uh, very much uh, um, an attitude problem when we imagine the mind to be one thing continually, constantly, I am my mind, my mind will do this. And ex- but um, the mind is really an address. Uh, it's, a, it's not a name, it's an address. And there are a number of um, inhabitants of that address and they're changing all the time. It's nomadic, it's a hotel. So, um, first of all, it seems like there's a permanence there because the mind actually is continually recreated in the same old patterns, the same habits. It's bound by particular um, attitudes, by particular karma traits, by particular... um, it's limited. So this very much gives us the, the experience, this is me, this is what I am, I am this kind of person. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why one seeks liberation is because of the limitation and the sterility uh, of just going round and round the same old track day in, day out and seemingly um, powerless to do other than that. But so in this practice then, um, allowing the mind to change and of course the, um, the thing to get over in terms of attitude is yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to keep going around the same old track over and over again. I'd like to get to a new track and be permanently on that one. <laughs> I don't want to let go of being me. Uh, I just like to be a new me. But in, in this, you 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 can't do that. You have to let go of uh, permanence in terms of mind. Uh, you know, which means a, a softening of attitude, a softening of belief, a softening around intention, a softening around energies, a receptivity, pliability. 
and not and just and this can be um, fearful actually. Uh, there's nervousness around that. So to why we're we doing something like Anapanasati is very kind of safe, easy, slow. You know, you're based in body, which is your home base. Yeah. You know, you're with the, your own warm blood, flesh, body, breathing in and out. So we have that. It's a, like being with your mother. If you have a good mother, that is. <laughs> I mean, perhaps it's not the right reference. <laughs> but uh, being with the ideal mother anyway. So, you know, you can let, you can let go a bit. And this is it's a recognition that one doesn't, one isn't capable, one would like to let go, one isn't capable of letting go until one does feel a sense of trust and comfort. Then, you know, we can let go. But if we're pressured and forced and, and strained, then we don't, we don't do it. It doesn't do that. It can't do that. It's too tight. So, um, in this pro, pro, process... Then, first of all, the, the mind, if you like, starts off as an observer. Uh, uh, and then, then getting that together, so the mind is at least kind of observing the same thing. It's not all over the place. So you've got this sort of steadying the mind as an observer. Um, that's something that's not too, it's difficult, but, you know, it still gives us room to be somebody. <laughs> you can be the observer. Uh, <laughs> you know, which is something. And then being comforted by the the steadiness and the calmness of a of the regular breath, uh, and, and experiencing the the mind becoming um, losing some of its recklessness, moodiness. So the mind kind of gets made, is made a little fitter by that. So there's that, and to to enjoy that and to appreciate the sense of a steady thing, such as you know one is not swept away by moods. One is able to maintain a good sense of um, behavior and um, so on. Um, but then, uh, uh, as the process uh, develops, then um, the mind as observer is still a bit distant from from the breath. This it's, it's partly, you know, it has to be distant because that's first of all our safety is in our ability to distance. You know, we don't let things come in. You know, so the, the eyes, which are nominally supposed to be for looking at things, are generally there to keep things at a distance. You know, vi- visual consciousness distances everything. And you can, you know, you can harden a gaze or you can soften a gaze. And that, that sense in which the visual focus does help to position, give you a position. You can be behind your eyes and you're looking out at stuff that's safely out there. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a, it's, it's steadying, but it's not particularly joyful. And so it gets kind of, uh, it, it doesn't eliminate the hindrances, partly because it, it doesn't capture their energy. Hindrances, as you may have noticed, are pretty frisky critters. And... Uh, <laughs> They've got a lot, of, a lot of things going for them. <laughs> and uh, that old observing mind really is not up to, up to much when it comes down to a, a big, fully matured, full-blooded hindrance. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, 
It's like kind of wrestling with a gorilla, like whammo. <laughs> so uh, you know, you can kind of with a bit of bit of footwork, you can keep these things at a distance, but you can't possibly dismantle them just by this kind of you know a, a observation as such, because there's the energy. There's not much energy in observation. Um, so it's a kind of fixed thing. So um, this process of anapanasati, then first of all, you're gathering together the the the, the bodily sensations uh, into a, a breath experience, and then some of that um, energy, which is normally used up on scattering, diffusing the world into the past and the and the future, into here and there into the variety of different objects, the variety of different sense bases, and the, yeah, so the eye, ear, nose, tongue, and so on. You, you, you're, you're refining all that down to really just the sense base of, of tactile experience and deliberately abandoning any other um, perception of the body, for example, as being male, female, young, old, big, small, whatever. Um, even down to the to having a, a physical body with arms and legs. This is just a, another notional reference. Um, so you, you, you're redu- re- reducing that to just the experience of, of sensation. So a lot of the energy that, that is normally used up in coloring and projecting a reality in various sensory forms, scattered over a time base, scattered through a spatial realm, is then... Um, available, um, and so you're, the, with the power of attention, you can dr- draws that energy, and the mind becomes more stronger because of that. But you have to, of course, draw it in. So it's not a matter of, of pushing or repressing stuff. Uh, it's not a matter of cutting anything off, so much as as, as directly always, in terms of anything any. Like closing the eyes and so on, and in, and the way the mind works, any even any ruminations about the future, bringing it back to this is happening in the present. So this is the mind moving in the present. So you're aware of that as an energy form in the present moment, and the past, and so forth. And if you can if you can do that, and and stay with that, and any speculations and the way that doubt will want to create a future, and worry will want to snag on, on the past and regret and so on. Just putting that aside, this is just the mind trembling in the present moment. And, and it will come up with some very convincing thought forms to go out onto. But those thought forms, are, you should treat them in the same way as you treat any kind of visual object. Um, you know, it's not to be not to be absorbed into. So when we're, we're around the center here, then there's a certain sense of visual restraint. One isn't poring over things, we're not gaping at, at things. There's a kind of sense in which the eye contact is, is collected. Similarly, the mind contact, so the, the thought experience is exactly the same as, a, as visual objects, and it will draw energy towards it. So these thought forms can become extremely luminous and potent. And as you probably are aware, they can really lead you a dance and demand solving. 
demand attention. But then in this practice, this is just thought, movement of the mind, present moment, we recognize, say, agitation, (coughs) tremblings of restlessness, and then perhaps even not even labeling it as that much. So you don't get into, I've got a restlessness problem, I've got a greed problem, just this is energy, surplus energy slopping around. They're drawing it back into the breath. And here the body, bodily experience is a, a, a great help, a great guide, um, because the body has got its own energy pattern, breathing in, breathing out, this continual refrain, breathing in, breathing out, inspiration, expiration, sense of bodily arousing, arising, energizing, relaxing, soothing. So the mind is held in that crucible, in that kind of cradle. It will calm down the way that uh, a baby will if it's, if it's cradled in the right way. And similarly, so here, walking as well, standing, so you've got a, the mind has got some room to move around in and to receive bodily contact in a steady, repeating way. Um, so then the energy being drawn together, um, then with the long breath is the full flowing along with the breath, and we begin to experience uh, bodily the bodily realm in terms of its, its, its uh, earthiness, its groundedness, um, its flowingness, which is equivalent to water, its warmth, which is equivalent to, we call it the fire element, and its, um, its ever-changing, its mobility, which we um, relate to the air element. These are just you know, terms that are, if you like, can be useful metaphors for the mind that normally perceives things in purely in, in abstract um, conceptual terms such as worry, doubt, you know, trembling, uncertainty, trying to actually um, begin to, to contemplate movement just as, as movement, just as air, just like the wind blowing leaves around on a path rather than calling it agitation, just air blowing through. So these, of course, these elemental qualities can be afflictive or supportive. And one of the um, faculties of, of mindfulness uh, that one cultivates in, in this practice is the ability to refer to um, a supportive um, quality rather than to be glued to afflictive or unsupportive qualities. So, for example, say, first of all, just meditating on the breath rather than watching the television. You know, it means you turn to something, you, you know, that, that's, that's more conducive. Um, and in terms of the, of the breath or the bodily realm, the breath itself we can see in a number of ways. And depending on what uh, what is supportive in terms of what you're dealing with, so you can see the breath as the firmness, the steady, firm, like a pillar, something that is firmly grounded in the out breath, the, the strength of the of the exhalation 
and the fullness of the inhalation, so it's got a firmness to it. So in this way, we can see it like earth, like a pillar that you can always reach out for, and it's steady, and it's supportive, and it's continuing. So if your mind is very fuzzy, shimmering, then you know, you're getting that kind of mindset, then the earth of the breath. It can be also that the, uh, um, when one, the mind is dull, or the mindset is dull, dullness has moved in to the hotel, then we look at the vibrancy of the breath. The, uh, there's a the way that the breath is actually, a, we can see the shimmering quality of it, or experience the shimmering quality of it, the way it's ever moving, ever shifting. And the energy patterns that go along with breath so when you're dull, breathing in steadily and fully, and you can experience the, the, the body consciousness, the tactile consciousness, tingle with the inhalation. And you get this transference of energy between the firm breath as you breathe in and the yielding body. And then as you breathe out, the firm body and the yielding breath. And you get this, you get this vibrancy, this shift over, which gives you vitality. That vibrancy is, is equal to that. That's the fire element. Um, if you're get, getting kind of a bit stiff and, and uh, rigid, then the flowing of the breath. Mm. This is the water element. And if you're getting so that you, you um, um, stale again, then the, 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 the mobility, the uh, airiness of it all. Of course, breath is primarily the air experience. Now, so what is the breath? Is it earth, fire, air, or water, or none? The breath is, uh, you begin to recognize, um, you know, the, the elusive and the mysterious nature of a simple thing like this, simple experience such as this. The breath become is uh, a mirror of the mind, the mindset. When your mind is dull and you don't know how to get out of it, the breath is really dull. <laughs> you know, it's kind of stodgy, it's conducive to that. But if you, when there's mindfulness and the mindset is the dullness, then you turn, you see, the, you witness the breath as as mobile or as flowing or as vibrant, then the breath is that. You can see that aspect in it. And that aspect picks you up and the mindset changes. Now this is the way the, the, the breath and the body and the mind work together. The breath, if you like, is a, a doorway between the apparently dual realities of the material and the immaterial world. To the point whereby as the, when one things come together as unification, we begin to recognize that the material and the immaterial are actually just mutual metaphors of each other. With this insight, then one can change um, the apparently material experience that happens. 
Now, this comes really when through when we arrives at the 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 mind is steady enough, and we come down to the the short breath, which is when the, when one's attention has followed the long breath, so that the tension is no longer um, you know floating off or rushing off to other objects. It's it's on that. Then that sense of of gathering has a conducive and a inviting quality to it. And somehow there's that inclination to gather and steady more. You know, one, one appreciates the, 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 the calming and the energizing that's come through collecting, one, collecting to this point. And there's an interest and an inclination to collect further. So that the, the mind or attention becomes more one-pointed and it's like the focus is the mind stands on its own and the breath passes through. So this is different from being riding the breath. This is more like standing, the mind standing on its own, feeling collected and the breath touching it. You get this sense of like uh, breath just touching, touching, touching. And at that particular juncture, one is more aware of the energy that seems to um, be catalyzed by at that interface. So you get a particular impression, and the mind, when it receives an impression, is slightly energized. You know, just like when you're lis- listening and it's silent, and then you hear something, there's a kind of energizing in the ear consciousness. Your, your, your ear picks up. I think we all can recognize that. Or, you know, I mean, many things suddenly an odor, a fragrance strikes the nose and there's a kind of energy there. Where there's attention, there's energy. So just bringing your attention to that point, then you, this energy starts to build up. Mm. And um, so then this experience is the focal point. It's the energy that's dependent upon attention on the breath. You can't really say it's the breath you can't really say it's the mind, it's, it's where the two meet. So that, we, you can call it chi or something like that. It's the breath energy. Dependent upon skillful mind state, dependent upon skillful work of the mind. So you can call it a, a, a subtle physiological effect. And the system seems to um, shimmer. You feel vitalized. It may be, it's not, doesn't, it's not uh, it can be quite subtle. Just a subtle sort of gladdening or brightening, steadying effect. This is a very useful point. Um, if we, as I've suggested, just really lingering around some of these um, subtle events, making much of them, this begins to, to point out that where there's a possibility for the uh, mental energy and physical energy to balance each other. So at this point of subtle physiological or attention energy, then the 
energy of the mind which can go off, off into um, unwholesome states or just excitement um, when it gets excited and giddy um, or it gets uh, angry or it gets tense depending on your karma really the energy arises and then it goes down a, a karmic pathway but at this point in which you're experiencing that energize, energizing through attention then you can change that pathway you can send the energy into the body into the body experience this comes through not following either the, the, any kind of thought pattern or emotional pattern that's the pathway for that energy don't go down that don't stimulate or recollect the kind of leaders that conduct you down that path the thoughts the moods um, the apprehensions the fancies instead recognize the energy there it's not a matter of just kind of squashing it all down but recognize the energy and this is where the energy that would normally could go into defiled or unproductive states is then transferred into wholesome and collected collected states through the breath so this mood the energy of the mood breathing that energy breathing it back into your body Similarly, um, so, so this way we, we can further, um, we begin to uh, hijack the energy of the hindrances, which is a shift of role, to say the least. <laughs> it's normally the other way around. Um, then, So then experiencing the whole body um, or thoroughly sensitizing pati sangwedi, the whole body this is so when, when you're, you've gathered your attention into, a, into a, some sort of a, a unity and, it, and when I say a unity um, it's more like a, something that it moves along but it retains that same, that same shape if you could imagine like a, a ball that floats on top of the sea the ball is not still and yet it, re, it doesn't it retains its ball like quality it's still contained in that particular form so even though there the, may be the movement there's still that same kind of boundary of attention was gathered together there experiencing the whole body then is much more an inflection of attention and this become, becomes um, accessible and relevant as, that, as, your, as your mind acquires this kind of ball-like quality it becomes more in that particular shape, it's not broken up And it comes around because there's a recognition of the limitation of that particular state. There's a rather like um, 
when you feel cramped and you sit and you feel cramped, there's a natural inclination just to stretch. You feel like stretching. You don't particularly want to go anywhere. You know, you're not stretching to reach anything. You just want to stretch for more well-being. It's a sense of enlarging oneself. Um, if you've been in a very small space, then you go outside and it's nice to look at the large sky to feel a sense of extension. Not because one's trying to see anything, but just to extend. It's more, um, seems more, there's a sense of greater relief and lightness through that. So the tendency to feel held and contained, um, which is necessary at first, then uh, we begin to sense that has done its work and then one doesn't need to keep containing. The thing then is to unify and harmonize. So this is a, a, like an intuition that becomes uh, apparent and the, the way of doing it, it is just to bring up this um, inflection or this aspiration just to extend. And it goes through the whole body consciousness. Now at this point, your body consciousness and your breath awareness have unified, so they're in harmony. So it's very, it's easy through that vehicle of the breath, through that energy interchange, just to send energy through the whole sphere of one's being, which in this context is this bodily experience, this tactile consciousness, which is um, present. So just sending it through. Just as if one was standing on a hill and you're surrounded at the top of a valley and you started to send your voice down the valley, just extending that way. So this, like a, a, a perception, uh, the, the awareness will follow a perception and the perception one of allowing and the perception one of space and the perception of spreading. And so then when you bring up that perceptions in the mind, you'll find that the awareness will start to, to run or to move or to flow through the whole, um, through the whole body. So you've got a much larger sense of being. And this is useful for working out the, some stiffness, um, either physical or physiological or even attitude stiffness, certain thing that meditators experience in, in re retreats, just getting cramped and stiff, you know, so you get slightly robotic. <laughs> Start to kind of, you know, a little bit more flow and fluency to it. Um, the then to tranquilize is comes through recognizing the the limitations of of flowing. It's slightly uneasy, um, so then steadying, or steadying the, the, the um, energy. Think of it as steadying rather than tranquilizing. When tranquilizing, we think of valiums and things like that, which is a slightly <laughs> negative sense, like dumbing you down, as steadying and soothing. So as we all know, exuberance, which is... Uh, quite pleasant at first, can get a little wearying. Um, and it, it's, it's what these exuberance does, excitement does, is it, it continually proposes or suggests a greater sense to which one could 
be, what greater space one could get into. So one continues to kind of rev up the motors to get even higher, even more excited and so on. And uh, so, of course, people do this with these kind of adventure sports, which is you know, how to get one whisker nearer death than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just keep pushing the boundaries. But one begins to recognize that, that actually the boundaries are, they are, um, they're created boundaries. They're created by that exuberance itself. It's still pushing against something. And partly this is still the, the um, shadow attitude of being inside a body, which is a pretty standard notion. We, we definitely imagine ourselves to be bounded by skin. We, we're inside the skin bag, and everything outside the skin bag is some, something, somebody else's business or is somewhere out there. Yeah? Um, so this kind of attitude of being inside something. But when you begin to really more fully recognize and evaluate sensation, you know, there's no skin there, there's sensation which you, which you infer is skin and you infer that you're inside it. But actually the sensation is inside you, if you like. You know, you're not inside it. So, so there's no boundary really. You're in, you're in space. So there's nowhere to go because in, in, if you're in complete space, everywhere is the same as everywhere else. I don't know if you've ever been out in an extremely spacious environment like a, like a desert. You know, so you could walk 10 miles or, or nowhere. It's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you think, well, here we are. You know, you've arrived. Um, uh, and it's, it's partly that, that realization of, of that the, the sense of extension is really based upon the idea of localization. You are a particular point, so there are other places to go. When one has thoroughly suffused the whole body, then there isn't anywhere else to go. You, you're, you're all here. So there's that energy becomes slightly unnecessary. So then there's a, a steadying, this residing in this boundless space. And it becomes boundless because any, um, dis any discriminating feature that, that, that is other than that breath energy has been dissolved. So you see, when you, when you come up against something that's other, you touch it, then there, there's a boundary, there's a limitation, there's a boundary. But when, that, when, you're, when you're working in this energetic sphere, then anything you, you contact and you begin to, say, work on that as an energy form, so that dissolves into the energy form, energy field, there are no objects, there are no resistance impressions. There's just this kind of suffusive quality. So when there are, say, boundaries, then to, to touch those, to work into those. 
And to do so with certain, you know, in this mode of anapanasati, which is a very careful and, 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 war and healing process, you don't barge in, you don't push through. So avoid anything that gives you the suggestion of, of forcing, pushing, or, um, or, or, or holding. Try to flow through. So when you find certain subtle limitations in that sphere, which may be kind of shadowy, tension, slight straining, then don't just charge in there. Um, you may find <laughs> there's a tiger in the cage. <laughs> the thing to do is to just flow through. And when there's strong resistance, don't push it. If you're strong resistance, just stand at that point where the resistance is felt and talk to it. Just be Right, start like it's a, like a wild creature, get to know it, make friends with it, be soften. So don't rush through these things as you, you can find energy suddenly come flashing out that you can't manage. So experiencing whole body, tranquilizing. And when there is this uh, unification and steadying, then the experience of pity. Uh, which is uh, like the. So I liken this to um, walking down into the ocean. And first you're walking down. As you're walking down, you can feel the waves lapping against your legs. And as you walk down, you can feel, you know, the certain sense of it, the, the footsteps are being lifted up. And pity is when you take your feet off the bottom. And, the, and your, the ocean lifts you. You're in something that supports you. You're lifted up. There's a buoyancy to it. Now, it may be the case that one experiences a kind of pity um, at other stages of the practice. Um, whenever there's a sense of relief, uh, whenever a hindrance or difficulty subsides, there's a little burst. Of, of some kind of pity, which we can consider enthusiasm, relief, gladness, um, some sort of exhaltation. Oh, thank goodness, it's over. Oh, this is nice. Oh, this is a good bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is, uh, there's nothing, this, that's fine. But this is not what's meant by the, the, the pity that in this particular section of the teachings. Because this pity is relatively um, sporadic and uh, erratic. And so, um, you know, if one follows this preliminary form of pity, the tendency is to, to, uh, to get um, overexcited or to go through leaps and uh, ups and downs. You know, sort of feeling high and then, oh, this is really good, and then crash down again. And this is a, a not an uncommon experience. So this kind of pity, although it, it, it's... It's fine, it's not something to, to make much of. It's relatively coarse and jolting. Um, so that, but if one does experience that, just to go back to the energy of that and keep transferring it back to the breath. When you experience the quality of piti that's mentioned in this section of the teaching, there isn't any breath to go back to. You know, you, the, 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 the whole, if you like, the, the breath sign, the material, physical aspect of the breath sign, 
as completely dissolved into a feeling tone. It's, it's uh, like a buoyant feeling tone. And then steadying oneself in that, just as one would steady oneself in the ocean when you're floating and, you know, you start to, well, let's you know, swim a little, let's, let's stand stable within this. So, in this way, we see that, first of all, the breath sign goes through quite considerable changes. It's not one thing. It's not the same thing throughout. It starts off as being, well, the air, I'm breathing in and out. You can focus it, point in your body if you so wish, or just be aware of um, the physical aspect of the breath as something that's moving your body in subtle ways. It then turns into something more uh, physiological, which is a kind of an energy system. It then turns from that, which is, which is still related to body, still uh, dependent on bodily body, so it's useful for healing body and unifying body and emotional states, and particularly where emotional states got locked into body impressions, then at that point is where you heal those kind of wounded or numb or stiff or spasming bits of your, of your physiology. And then having done that, then, then we, the breath becomes or subsides or mutates into more a mental experience or heart experience, like it's immaterial. And the breath then becomes the, just the experience of gladness. So one can sometimes, you know, feel a certain doubt about maybe I'm losing the breath. You know, I had the breath clearly in my nostrils. And I don't seem to get it anymore. You know, what's, what's happening? This is, um, this is quite a natural thing to happen because it's, it's the breath becomes really just um, a, a mental behavior pattern. So as long as the mind continues to experience things in terms of this is physical, this is mental, then you'll experience the breath in that way. You know, this is a physical reality that's out there. I am the mind, I'm in here. As long as that attitude and that pertains, then certainly you'll experience the breath as a physical thing there happening in my body. In the, that, uh, when, if one has dissolved that, so that that sense of a body being a separate thing out there and me in here, dissolves into this experience of, of energy, of sensations arising in consciousness, then the breath can no longer experienced as a physical thing. It becomes more like a, an energy pulse, an energy shift, an energy change. When the energies of body and mind, or the physio physiological and emotional energy states, have also met and unified, then the breath cannot be experienced in that way anymore. It becomes more um, the, the mood, if you like to put it that way, the mindset of feeling. And the feeling is one of lightness, delight, lightness and buoyancy, and then steadying within that.
where we go from the Kaya Sankara, which is the body conditioner or the body formation, which is this um, the energy, physiological energy, to the Jitta Sankara, which is the, the next stage of the practice in the Jitta Sankara, or the, the, the um, conditioner of, the ma- of Jitta, of awareness, is feeling and perception. The feeling is one of lightness, buoyancy. The perception may be something like light, it may be something like space, it may be something like liquid, it may be something like fire. It may be kind of mentally experienced, like intuited that there is brightness, or it may, be, it may become a, uh, like a, an object in the mind's eye, like a nimitta or a sign of brightness. But it's important not to start, you know, um, get the saddle ready before the horse has appeared, as it were. <laughs> when the horse comes, then you, you, you know which end to put the saddle on. <laughs> but uh, don't stand there with your, you know, I'm going to experience a bright light any moment now. Kind of thing. <laughs> horse doesn't come. <laughs> Okay, so also when we do the walking meditation, then look at like, if you're walking, just, so you've got the physical act of walking. Do you notice how, first of all, you know, the different parts of your body come alive as you walk? So you're not just thinking about walking or looking at walking, you realize, yeah, there's my, there's my back, there's my lower back, there's my thigh, and there's this kind of flow of sensations that keep highlighting particular zones of the body. Yeah. You get it like that, and then you're with that, and then recognizing that even parts of the body that aren't particularly affected still resonate to that. You can feel it, your, your hands, say, they're not partaking in, in the movement, but they're still, there's a, they, in a way, they, they accompany that activity. So there's a certain kind of flow of energy as you walk along, and that energy is something that is not really contained within the, within the body shell, in the way we see the body. Your energy pattern, your energy map of the body is not the same as the visual or anatomical map of the body. <coughs> when it begins to experience it like that, there's no, also there's no reason for that energy to even be synonymous with the, with the skin packet. And... <laughs> And it could even kind of flow out. So it's like there's a sense in which you know, as, you, as you walk, your energy flows down your leg. And it, sometimes it kind of just flows beyond the, 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 the particular physical um, manif- manifestation. So it's rather like walking through water, you know, and you get a sense of the, the water scattering around you. And so one can experience something like that. It's all just this, so not to make a self out of it, you know, like this is my energy, and then get your energy out of here, and <laughs> don't slop your energy over me, kind of thing, because <laughs> certainly, you know, you, you pick up this kind of, in this energy bath, you pick up all kinds of currents and things, but it's only if you try to lock into, hey, this is my shape here, you know, this is my wave, <laughs> get out of my ocean, this is my wave. 
Um, the, this is, gets a little bit obnoxious when you get, you know, over kind of keyed up to your, your, your energy system. If you can't handle a bit of, you know, other people's energies or other energies flowing around, then planetary life is going to be extremely precarious <laughs> for you. <laughs> Let alone city life, which is just nightmare. So it's just energy, you know, and you've got to be able to bath and float and swim in it. Don't hold it as self. And then you, you can, you can. The important thing is to know how to, to recognize how to balance within that, whatever energy it is, or wherever it's coming from. Then you get the stability within that. 